Thanks for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. I'm your host, Slade Robertson. For 12 years, I've been a professional intuitive and the author of the blog, Shift Your Spirits, where I try to write about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Monday, February 12th, 2018, as I record this intro for the final interview of the first year of the Shift Your Spirits podcast. No pressure, Amanda. I didn't even realize this would be the case when we spoke. I still have two solo episodes left. I should say we only have two episodes left, and then the entire first year of this show is in the can. I'll definitely take some time on the final episode to share some observations and reflections, and also tell you what I have planned going forward for year two. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of this show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra channeled message. Before I forget, I want to say a quick thank you to Madeline Shaw, my newest supporter on Patreon, and an extra special thank you to Heather Becker, who edited her pledge to a higher amount. That's really flattering when you guys do that. There's a link in every show notes section if you want to edit your contribution up or down. I appreciate all of you who have pledged your support, and I'm really excited to see the new names each week. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and want it to continue. That's very encouraging to me, so thank you. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. This month, the featured course is Talking to Your Spirit Guides. Thanks to you guys, we are at the halfway mark for the yearly goal I set, and it looks very doable. So to find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access all the extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. Okay, so this week I have an interview with Amanda Heisman, a nutrition intuitive and energy coach. She teaches intuitive eating and eating for energy while exploring the spiritual and emotional sides of nourishment and channeling the needs of the nourishment body. The marrying of her formal training as a certified holistic health counselor and her intuitive gifts provides this deep transformation. I've noticed that without consciously planning it, there's been an emerging theme over the past few months around wellness and fitness as a component to intuition and spirituality. I'm receiving emails every day from those of you who are participating in my energy reboot, which is really cool. And in my personal life, I've had a friend approach me about informally coaching them to begin an exercise program. And I'm like, wow. I'm a former smoker. I've dealt with some serious health issues. True fitness really never clicked for me until I was 41 years old. And the day this episode goes out, that you're probably listening to this, is my fifth year anniversary of doing high-intensity interval training. You've probably heard of CrossFit. I do a program created by a local trainer called Circuit Breaker. The point is, you're not too old or unhealthy to start. At 48 years old, I am happy in my own skin in a way that I never was in my teens or 20s or 30s, 
And I can't help but acknowledge that my spiritual journey and my success in my business and as an author, it's all interwoven. I live and breathe those upper chakras, the heart, the throat, the third eye, the divine crown. That's where a lot of my focus is. And that's the stuff you know me for. And that's what you're here for. But I'm working my ass off close to 10 hours a week grounding in my physical body. And it's fun and it's a dominant part of my social life at this point. Um, I eat well. I eat relatively wholesome home-cooked foods. But I have a few weaknesses around food. And I had an epiphany when Amanda told me in this interview that I may be using sugar to ground myself. I'd never considered that before, and it makes sense when you hear Amanda explain it. So let's listen to her, and I think you'll have some of your own epiphanies. So I'm Amanda Heisman. I'm an intuitive nutrition and energy coach. So what that means is I kind of married my formal training as a certified holistic health coach and my abilities as a nutrition intuitive. So I help people transform their energy. I help people eat for energy and eat more intuitively uh, so they can use that sort of energy and the intuition they build uh, to just create a life that they love pretty much. So I explore the spiritual and emotional sides of nourishment as well as the physical. And as a nutrition intuitive, I can channel the needs of the nourishment body and kind of um, explore where you can be better nourished. Okay. I know everyone listening is really curious about uh, the in the intuitive part of this, right? Um, yeah. That's the part I'm really interested in hearing about. So how do you use intuition in the process of counseling someone around nutrition? Just describe that for me. Sure. So, um, yeah, I can use these, these words like the nourishment body or explore the energy of your health potential, but what does that really mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know... What, um, what I do is I, <clears throat> I'm more uh, uh, claircognizant or clairsentient, so I feel things um, very specifically as far as I can feel where, um, where an organ might be holding stuck emotion or where it might be, uh, might be storing emotion or it might be storing some toxicity. It might not be... Um, uh, I see it as a spinning almost, like it might not be um, uh, correspond. Like the energy of the organ might not be corresponding with the the energy center of the body or the chakra. If, you know, if, if your listeners are familiar with the chakra system, right? So it might not be um, kind of matching up to what it needs to be for a full uh, for full energy or for full nourishment. So we know that health isn't just the ab, like great thriving health isn't just the absence of disease, right? A great relationship isn't just the absence of abuse. You know, things we, we really look at what is the full potential here of how much you can be thriving, how much energy you can have, how beautiful a life you can have. And so how I use my intuition is first seeing where the, that toxicity might be stored um, in the physical, it's kind of a, you know, we have our energetic body, we have our physical body, we have our emotional body. It's kind of like, I feel, um, whether it's on the emotional body side or the physical body side where there's kind of stuck energy. Um, and then I can, um, 
I can address it from, from there. So it might feel like an organ. It might feel like a color. Um, it just might present as emotions, as stored emotions um, that we need to address. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. I was just talking to someone last night about the fact that the chakras spin, um, that, that many people yeah. talk about the, the spinning uh, as, as a motion of the energy. Um, so that's cool that you affirmed that for me because I wasn't sure if I had that entirely right. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know, like, um, was there a life event that sort of led you to this work? How do you, how do you come to it? Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, I have kind of two, two big life events that first, you know, first led me back on the nutrition path. And then second led me back on, on, uh, the more intuitive side. That second part was more gradual, but the initial one was I was living in South Florida and I was, um, climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak. I had a you know, I had a, a great life and I had a great job <clears throat> and I was doing really well for myself down there. And I, uh, one day I was very like work hard, play hard type a, you know, kind of borderline. I call myself sometimes a recovering perfectionist or a recovering type a sort mm-hmm. of achiever. And, um, one day I got in a car accident on 95, the freeway down there. And, um, I suffered from herniated discs in both my C5 and my L5. So my structure, my spine, you know, um, my structural health, and that kind of turned my life upside down at the time because I was so centered, uh, around, I was very active. I was very athletic, always very athletic growing up and, uh, through like my twenties and young adult life. And then I I just couldn't do anything anymore. You know, I'd run marathons and um, triathlons, soccer games, all these things. And then it was kind of like, boop, like I had to be really, uh, I had really rest during my recovery. Mm. And I I didn't like that so much. I really resisted it at the time. (laughs) I was always trying to figure out how how to go back to my old ways. And that was just kind of a coming out of, um, the really young energy, right? The really masculine energy that I had going uh, in my career and my sports and everything and kind of um, swinging into learning, uh, you know, connecting to my yin side and being really uh, connecting with gentle exercises. So that's what opened me up after going through with the neurologist, like going through kind of the... uh, the gamut of the Western medicine diagnoses and um, treatments, CT scans and MRIs and everything else. And it ended with the neurologist telling me to fuse my discs together Mm. and, um, you know, have that surgery. And I think I, I think I was 30 at the time and I just, it was a full body. No, (laughs) it's like, no, there has to be something else. You know, Mm. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do that. So, I, um, that started me on this path of just exploring all sorts of holistic modalities. So osteopathy really helped me, Qigong and yoga really helped me. And then I started looking at nutrition. I finally kind of, after nearly a year of this, got it through a little bit that hmm, maybe if I can't go run or 
you know, do something really active anymore. I should take a look at what I'm putting in my body in the first place. And that opened up this whole world of nutrition. And I couldn't believe the initial, um, like the, like two small changes that I made for my body, for my individual body, having just an exponential effect on my energy. So I thought maybe there's something to this. (laughs) And, um, I kind of, worked my way through my recovery the following year. And then, uh, you know, fast forward, basically ended up leaving corporate America and, uh, didn't know what I was going to do at the time. Uh, that was, that was, um, kind of, uh, surprise that wasn't a surprise sort of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then ended up, just resting for a few months and then going back to nutrition, deciding to go back to nutrition school that summer. Um, and now I'm on this path to help others. So that was kind of the, the first big life event was the car accident and all the ramifications and recovery and lessons I learned, uh, from that. And then the, um, second would be, um, kind of the perfect storm that was happening when I knew I had to end a relationship, but I wasn't doing it. (laughs) Mm. So it was the, it was the end of, um, of a very significant partnership, um, of, of, a romantic partner. Uh, he and I separated and during my emotional recovery from that, I was just so aware of, and I had spiritual mentors at the time as well. Um, I had a modern day shaman and other, um, you know, folks who channel the archangels and different, uh, different mentors around me. I was very well supported and I have a great support system in my family and friends as well. But I was very aware of how many kind of very spiritual, mystical experiences I was having things that couldn't be explained um, just over and over again that were directly related to each, um, like each stage of the grief cycle, each emotion I was going through. And so during the last like um, maybe year of our relationship and then the year of recovery, um, my abilities started to become really uh, apparent <laughs> so it's such that I couldn't kind of hide them anymore. You know, the, the whole quote about, um, the, the, to remain tight in a bud was more painful than to blossom. So Mm. that started that, that really started to come forth. And I'm, you know, I'm still coming into my own as far as that goes. I help people in the capacity I do now, but I can feel that it's going to maybe be different in a year. So we're always growing, right? <laughs> yeah. What were some of those experiences that you were having? I mean, you know, I mentor emerging intuitives all the time, and um, I'm always curious to to see the the, the patterns of how these um, opportunities keep presenting themselves. You know, if it was like a movie and we had special effects, it would be like you know, some spirit would beam in, you know, like, and talk yeah. to us or something. But um, what, what were the, the real world examples of like how that was presenting itself for you? Was it synchronicities or, um, you know, what were the signs? Yeah, there were, I mean, sure, there were a ton of synchronicities. 
There were a ton of repeating numbers. There was a ton of repeating animals that would show up in my life, um, animal symbolism. Uh, so those were just kind of par for the course. But then there were these um, experiences like um, we had both decided to separate, but we had about two months left on our lease. So we kind of decided to uh, to stay, to mm. live to, to live together. So that was really difficult. Um, and sometimes one or the other of us would go to friends, but sometimes we were just both there together. Mm. And, um, and one time we're both there where, uh, we just happened to be in bed together and, um, and this, I felt this incredible warmth, um, in because this is just such a painful time for both of us, you know, for both yeah, of us. But sure. it was such a such a painful time, and um, I just felt an incredible warmth in the room, and like a like, it wasn't a flash with my physical eyes, but it was a flash, you know. It was like a it was like a flash in between us, and then over by the door of the bedroom, and I just I I woke my partner up because I was like somebody's here. <laughs> Some, you know, somebody's here. And, um, I heard, I heard Michael, uh, and so it was Archangel Michael and he was just providing comfort for me. I didn't get like a clear message or like words or anything, but he was just there letting me know that I was going to get through this time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another time in the summer, it was summertime in South Florida, it's hot and sticky and, <clears throat> Uh, dreams. So I'd have dreams. At that time, I was really connecting to the earth I was on. And so I was in my dreams, um, talking to a lot of Native American tribes. So um, I was part of like, I was part of their tribe. And I was, I was doing a lot of um, talking about I was, uh, there was a very clear message from them for me about our earth and about, um, about how we can do better with, with the earth. So there was that, there was, um, there were a lot of sort of what, I don't know, people call it astral traveling or whatever, different experiences I would have in higher realms where I was clearly meeting with higher selves. We were working Mm. through contracts or, um, you know, forgiving each other, you know, things we couldn't say in in the physical to each other saying up there. Um, And then just helping, um, having experiences where I was flying around the globe. I say flying, I don't know what else to call it. Flying around, (laughs) around the globe. Um, just kind of helping, uh, helping humanity through, you know, I I think a difficult time it's been the last couple of years on, on earth. So I don't know. That's just a few things. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually really fascinated by, um, I love to hear those kind of stories and those experiences. And you actually made me remember something that I haven't talked about for like, maybe 11 or 12 years. And I remember very early on when I started blogging, writing about how I would have these experiences. I guess they were dreams where um, I was at some kind of 
it felt like like an outdoor gathering, like a music festival or something, except like the Pope would be speaking, you know, and for some right. reason it was like the Pope a lot. Um, and it was, it was right after Pope John Paul had died and that's a whole other story, but, um, it's just funny. <laughs> I just wanted to like mention that because then somebody will ask me about it and I can talk about it again. But, uh, yeah, yeah so I, I, I kind of have that same experience where you feel like you're, I called it like a, like a Congress. It was like, I had been, chosen to go somewhere and convene with like all these other people for the purposes of like hearing these speeches or something um and it felt like you know some kind of movement or whatever and i guess you know here in the third dimensional plane i was doing whatever i was supposed to do because i stopped having those dreams um and then i just started doing this you know instead um maybe that had something to do with my process as well um but to get back to your story, um, so one of the things I'm curious about is, were you already doing the sort of more formal, straight up mainstream nutritional counseling, and then you kind of decided to add in this intuitive or spiritual component, or was it kind of all happening at the same time? Like, describe how that kind of emerged for you or came together in the way that you do your practice. Sure. So, um it, it, yes, <laughs> both. And it was kind of, um, it was kind of like, yes, I started out. It, it, I wouldn't say it was ever mainstream because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a dietitian. The difference between a, a holistic health coach and a dietitian is we do look at all sides of health. Right. Okay. So we're very holistic in that sense that we're considering the whole person uh, and all human faculties, emotional, physical, spiritual, mental. So there's, so it's already very holistic. And I already knew I, you know, I already knew about my intuition and trusted my intuition in a very nominal sense. Um, but I hadn't had these really super mystical experiences yet. I just, I just knew that when I trusted my intuition, good things happened. And when I went against it, not so great things happened in my life or what I would call not so great things. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there was always that. And looking back, I can kind of see, well, yes, I was like, I was pretty much channeling there, there and there. I just didn't know it yet or wasn't really recognizing it yet. And then, um, and then it really became more and more apparent when so many things, like so many, things were happening so quickly. And, um, and then I, I had to brought, bring it together and have kind of this spiritual coming out of the closet, as they say, right. And, yeah. um, really, really say these, you know, I think I have a video out there called, um, why intuition and nutrition are a match made in heaven. Um, because it's really a recognition <clears throat> Our bodies are these vehicles that we have chosen in this lifetime, um, and I think that's beautiful. I think it's like the body is what's on the journey. Your soul chose this vehicle this time around to house it, and let's be in it. Let's honor it. You know, let's um, as much as we are up in the higher realms as light workers and as spirit workers. Uh, and light workers, like we also need to come back down and ground all of that spiritual and emotional work into the physical body. So, um, 
So that's, I mean, that's just something I love to do. That's kind of how it came together. It just feels so natural for me because um, the energy, like the energy, <clears throat> the energy of nourishment and eating is like open and free and expansive. Like it follows the universal laws of expansion. Like I can't talk about this without raising my arms. I'm raising my arms in a V right now. You can't see me, but, um, it's just, it's expansive like that. It makes me put my hands up. And so often the messaging we get around eating and, you know, is a, is a message of diets. It's a message of restriction, which is the exact opposite of the energy of nourishment being expansive. Um, so it was just once that kind of clicked and we can turn away from, things, you know, we can kind of turn towards that reframing, reframing eating and nourishment as sacred, as joyful, as ease, not restrictive, not a struggle, not an adversarial relationship with food and our bodies, but not shoulds and should nots, like stop shooting on me. No, everyone's individual. Let's explore. Um, let's explore what's good for your nourishment body. <clears throat> But really, it's this divine eating and nourishment is this divine recognition. Uh, it's a recognition of the divine in us, right? It's it's a really it, it can be a really sacred experience. So, I, you know, there's an energy inside of you. There's an energy inside of me that always knows what we need to put in our mouth, and um, and so I love tapping into that energy. It just makes sense for me. It just kind of flows i think i went on a tangent but did that answer your question yeah sure it's fine the question <laughs> the questions are just prompts to get you to tell us stories anyway um so i do have a couple okay i want to go a little bit like more specifically into some of the nutritional stuff right so sure um i noticed that you mentioned that there were two changes that you made in your tr uh, nutrition that um made like a really big uh, exponential impact and on your website um, there, there's a sort of a, a pull quote that says uh, small diet tweaks produce huge results and that sounds super encouraging to me so mm -hmm. tell us what what were those two changes that you initially made that was that made such a huge difference sure so uh, back then I had no you know I I didn't eat awfully but I I, I was just kind of eating par for the course, had never really thought about what went in my body. I maybe had like, maybe, maybe some oatmeal, maybe an egg, maybe a bagel for breakfast or maybe nothing for breakfast. You know, I, I, again, I didn't put much thought into it. Um, maybe I had an apple with lunch and a sandwich and a salad with dinner and some more meat and veggies or something. I didn't really, you know, I, I it wasn't a conscious decision. I just ate. Um, when I started thinking more consciously about what I was putting in, what I did for myself was tried, I tried the green smoothie in the mornings. First thing coming out of uh, coming, you know, breaking the fast, coming out of not eating all night, you know, uh, out of our body's rest and being able to get kind of the life force energy, the chlorophyll, uh, you know, just vitamins, nutrient packed uh, smoothie and green drinks in the morning really set what it did was it took away the kind of mid afternoon wall, like the mid afternoon slump that I <laughs> always mm -hmm. used to hit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just provided like 
basically I was getting like two servings of vegetables and a serving of fruit in a, you know, 16, 20 ounce smoothie every morning, just right off the bat. And so I was feeling so much more energy because I was at a point where I was feeling really lethargic, really um, a lot of brain fog, you know, headaches were kind of normal, back and neck pain were normal. So those kind of low level, excuse me, those kind of low level symptoms don't have to be our daily experience, right? So that's the first thing I did. And then I started to play around with dairy and really noticed that I I was kind of dairy sensitive and had never really known it. So I just made simple switches from like, um, to, to like nut milk and, um, reduced, I I will say reduced because I didn't cut it all out right away. Cheese was hard, but I reduced, um, cheese and, um, dairy and I felt just so much better just from those two small things it had just like I said an exponential effect on my energy initially so it made me go hmm and made me want to dig deeper are there um there patterns or what do you see in in the clients that you attract what are like the top issues that people seem to be presenting I see people present with all sorts of different um symptoms I see people present with even all sorts of different conditions or diseases or sensitivities. Um, But these are just their own physical manifestations of of the energy, usually of, of of not having the self love that, um, that we're meant to as these beautiful beings here on earth, right. Of just really being unhappy with themselves. Hmm. And I think that's something we're all, we can all, you know, we we're all working on. Um, and really it's, it's a journey back to self love and to really appreciating ourselves, um, and giving ourselves, we always say in my programs, um, Replace judgment with curiosity. So uh, we can throw around the word self-love, but but what does that mean? How do I get there? Why don't why don't I love myself in the first place? Make like or I think I do love myself, but my my actions would show differently. You know, mm. I'm running myself into the ground or whatever. Um, so the simple act of kind of noticing where we have judgments around things and then replacing it with a kind of this childlike curiosity has been really transformative in a lot of my, my life and a lot of my clients' lives. So, hmm, you know, for example, <clears throat> we have this tendency to, oh, I'm doing so great, I'm doing so great, I'm doing so great with my eating or with whatever it is, my workout uh, schedule, whatever. And then inevitably we have some sort of like, oh, I binged on pizza, ate a box of donuts, you know, and skipped my workout <laughs> or something, you know something like that. So instead of this, like, I'm such a bad person, or I'm like, what, like, what the heck, Amanda, you know, um, I was a bad girl. Like we even use those sort of phrases, right. Mm -hmm. We're talking to ourselves like I was a bad girl. Um, it's more of a conversation like, Oh, that was an interesting decision. Why, why did, I wonder why I did that. I wonder where that came from. (laughs) I wonder why I felt I needed that comfort 
or, you know, what sort of sweetness is missing in, in my life? Maybe I just need a hug. Maybe, you know, and it just opens up this whole conversation with ourselves of where, where those feelings, um, and it might be coming from what's missing in our lives that we would like, how we actually, uh, what's the dialogue underneath all of that? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah, because I'm aware of the fact that, you know, like you say, when you're, you're making those choices, there's a part of my brain that will observe me doing something that I really intellectually don't want to do. And I'm like, oh, and you're just going to eat that anyway. Uh, you know, like, yeah. Um, and, and there really is a part of you that can observe you doing something in action in the moment that you're like, that is not what we talked about doing, you know, like yeah. what's going on when that happens? Yeah. What is going on? I, I mean, there's, there's, it really depends on the individual and there's a lot of things going on, but, um, I want to touch on the, the, that intuitive eating can sound like real, like a little, out there or a little airy fairy, but really what we're doing is getting in touch with our own body intuition. And it's not like magically one day you're going to be all, oh, with your body. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a practice and it's a process. So, um, what I do is teach that kind of step-by-step process to, to get, you know, to, to get closer to that. Now, um, there there, I have a, I have a, one of the modules in one of my courses about the eight causes of cravings. So there's a lot of different things that could be happening. But one of them that I see a lot is like this, the comfort food slash um, wanting to return to childhood, like this inner child sort of, the inner child wants attention. So it comes out in these kind of cravings of like sweets or macaroni and cheese are like these things that we had as children. Um, so I see, I see, that's like just one that I see uh, a lot. But what we say in our, our classes is like, I build these frames as we're moving towards intuitive eating to help people operate. So rather than a specific dietary theory, we talk about bio-individuality and learning what works in their unique body. But there are some universal truths about the human body, right? We don't do well with processed food and high fructose corn syrup and sugar and alcohol and and these things. And we do really well with lots of water and vegetables and sleep and movement and love in our lives. Like we do, that's pretty universal. Mm. There's just all these other things in between that we can kind of play with. And some people... um, are sensitive to dairy. Some people don't like to eat a lot of meat. Some people don't, you know, don't like grains and like all these things. There's a lot to play with, but the frames that I set up are kind of thinking about things, um, in maybe 90, 10 or 80, 20, maybe 80% of the time you do what, you know, you've told yourself you're going to do and what's what, whatever clean eating means to you. And then maybe 20% of the time, you have the donut or you have the glass of wine or you have whatever it is because that might be, you might be with your friends and that's going to be a nourishing experience for you. So if, you know what I mean? Like if the joy factor outweighs the, the, the guilt factor, it's kind of a go every time. 
if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I like that approach. I mean, because that's that's modification. It's like um, you know when you injure yourself and you're rehabbing, you know, say your hurt knee or whatever it is. Um, one of the things that I'm always afraid that I'm going to do is injure it worse by using it. And mm-hmm. the thing that I've heard over and over again from people who do rehab in a really physical context is that it's always good to think of things in percentages rather than on and off or do it or don't do it. Like, so what you do in those situations is you do 20% of a squat instead of, mm-hmm. you know, like not doing mm-hmm. one at all. Um, and so it kind of speaks to me, uh, same kind of thing in yoga. Yoga is very permissive in modifying things to suit your body and your abilities. So, you know, if you can't go that deep, you just go a little ways, you know, um, and, and that sounds kind of similar. I, you know, Absolutely. I'm sure that there. I've already heard some some things that you mentioned where I hear myself in there, and I'm like, huh, okay. I'm on, like looking at the programs now, going, which one do I want to do? So I know that everybody else is thinking the same thing. So talk us through, like, okay, let's say we're interested in working with you, and you have these different kind of programs. Um, mm-hmm. Is it like getting an intuitive reading at the start and then we pick one of the programs with your, you know, advice to go into? Like walk us through it and and talk about sort of the different um, programs that you offer because I'm curious about how this works as uh, from a client perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, it it is like that. It's it's best. I do free mini readings, 20 minute readings, uh, like in a mini session form. Um, so they can certainly schedule with me and we can go from there. I can give my, um, recommendation on which program would work best for them. But, um, you know, I, I work with private clients. I work with, you know, do the private, uh, coaching and mentorship programs one-to-one in either 90, 60 or 30 day, uh, options. So those are some of my favorites because we, you know, it's very personalized and we get a lot done. Um, in those times and really set, uh, set habit change and set reframes that are really, um, that are really transformative for a lot of people really transform their energy. So that's what I do on the private coaching side. I also have, I do live group, uh, programs and those are fun because you kind of have a, like a support group. Right now I have a detox, a holistic detox going on. So mind, body, and spirit uh, detox that's currently running. And that's a lot of fun. Um, So I'll have, basically what I do is I kind of uh, read uh, the energy in the collective and then, and then feel into what would support everyone right now. And uh, this was a good time for a detox. And, um, and, uh, there's no other group programs upcoming right now, but you know, who knows what I'll create or rerun (laughs) in the future. And then I have, um, and then I have, of course, you can always schedule a session with me, a full session, um, which are 50 minute sessions and we get a lot done. Or I do like a a written reading, which I can do, you know, at a, a different investment level, a little mm-hmm. more affordable for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a written reading. So there's those. And then I have uh, digital self-led programs. I have three intro programs that uh, I love because they're a good way to get introduced to my work and they're all under a hundred bucks. 
So, you know, I have all sorts of different investment levels, but that's a good way in the, to really get some foundational habits in. So there's um, meal prep magic, which is all about kind of demystifying meal prep and kind of a kitchen toolkit, if you will, for beginners. Um, uh, so there's that one. And then there's the sugar release exper- experiment, yes. which is really a, yeah. <laughs> Tell so us that, about the sugar release. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big one. That's pro- one of my most popular ones. Um, and that's probably because, you know, I, um, that I got myself heavily addicted to sugar during the recovery from that car accident I spoke about. So I never had to deal with caffeine or alcohol. Those aren't my things, but sugar was like, <sighs> so, um, that's a 30-day program that is, again, we, we're taking our focus away from, uh, from, from what we quote-unquote can't have or what we're cutting out to what we're replacing it with. Like, what are we adding in that is going to nourish our bodies so much? Because your average kind of run-of-the-mill sugar craving comes from usually, um, if it's not emotional, it's coming from a nutrient deficiency. So we're literally, just like in our cleanse, we're literally flooding the body with nutrients uh, because we're kind of overfed and and undernourished in our society, right? Lots of food, but not a lot of actual vitamins and nutrients in it. So when we flip that and really um, feed, like like just flood our body with with nourishment and nutrients, vitamins, phytochemicals and everything... um, we become well nourished again. And and the things that were kind of, I call it the crowding out, it just kind of falls away, like the sugar and the things that, that uh, it's it's like nice Jedi mind trick on the body or something. Um, So that's 30 days. That is really simple. It's not this, um, you know, it's, it's a really different approach and really simplistic approach in which we focus on adding in one thing we're focusing on one thing that becomes habit every other day so it's delivered in a video lesson short easy to work into your day between five and ten minute video every other day so you have all of that day and the next day to focus on that one thing that one simple thing whether it's getting more water or getting one more serving of vegetables or um, seeing how many hugs you can give that day like one thing and you would be surprised how uh, big of an effect that has because sugar is one of those things that I see it's kind of an accepted addiction in our society. And, um, it's one of those things I see most often also in like kind of this, the light workers and the spiritpreneurs out there who they use it as a quick way to ground. And there's so many better ways to ground. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So, it's, it's everywhere. It's kind of the, the, it's the sugar addiction is kind of pervasive. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, so meal prep magic, uh, the sugar release experiment, and then the intro to intuitive eating, the intuitive eating experience, which is a 21 day course, self-led set up in a similar fashion, uh, with work, it has workbooks and video lessons and, um, that's delivered right to their email. Okay, that's cool. That's a lot of different options there. I'm sure everyone 
heard themselves in one of those things. Um, I, 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 that was a really cool insight about the sugar addiction being related to grounding. Um, sugar is obviously probably would be mine. Um, my mom is a baker and mm-hmm. her, um, it's her creative expression you know it's, yeah. it's what she makes it's it's part of you know something that we all need something that we make that other people can admire and enjoy and you know and that's her thing she can you know make a dessert out of cobwebs and a pack of equal mm. and you know <laughs> like yeah. just, some glitter you know and uh and so I'm always 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 have access to desserts because she eats like a tiny spoonful of whatever it is and then it's like here's a whole pie you can have you know like I don't I'm not gonna eat a whole pie um right but I uh I never thought about because as you were talking I was like well what's my big deal with that like why do I consume as much sugar as I do um and that idea that it's grounding in some way struck me um that Mm. kind of makes sense to me because I've heard the the theory before that that weight in general is a kind of manifestation of an attempt to ground um, or mm-hmm. that, you know, fats or, you know, different things like that that actually physically cause the body to grow in some way um, can be, you know, kind of manifestations of that. Do you have any theories about those kinds of connections between like, you know, spiritual issues kind of manifesting in the body is that something that you are interested in or that you talk about oh yeah I mean it's all connected and um I've definitely seen like what you're talking about where weight and sugar uh things like that fats used to ground um you know using weight as protection there's absolutely a physical like absolutely physical manifestations like that um Mm. absolutely the um nope I lost it oh that's okay I just thought of something I wanted to be sure and ask you about when you were talking about the programs you have something for free like when people sign up for your mailing list and it's a top swaps list so oh, yeah. tell me about that because I'm um, curious to, to what what's on that. Um, the top swaps is just a fun one for beginners. If um, you know, like things we think of as kind of staples or normal in our fridge in our kitchen, uh, that we can easily kind of switch to just upgrade to something that's more nourishing for us. So like. Um, you know, you can easily switch uh, Gatorade to coconut water or whiter wheat bread to like a sprouted grain bread or just very simple things that aren't too much more expensive, don't taste too much, you know, too different. They're just easy swaps to make to sort of upgrade your health. Um, Do you have and, a swap and- for potato chips? <laughs> potato chips I think there's one on there okay there's (laughs) there is um like a brand there are a lot of brands out there like late July that are better than just your average run-of-the-mill potato chip kind of these organic whole grain chips or sweet potato chips um and then even that can be like a step down and then even like nuts seeds 
things like that. Cause sometimes it's just about the crunch, you know, yes. and like kind of that sometimes it's just about the crunch, the chewing, the like little bit of salt. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm I think from 7 PM till midnight, <laughs> like for me, um, I just want to crunch things. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I uh, will I, we'll definitely send a link for everyone to go and, and check that out and get that. Um, I'm interested in one of the things I really love to ask everyone that comes on the show is, you know, is there anything that you hear people saying about nutrition that kind of drives you nuts or makes you want to scream at the TV? <laughs> Only all the time. <laughs> what are some of the um. things that you... What what do you most hope to contribute to the conversation about spirituality and nutrition and personal development? Like, what do you, if you could get some messages out there, what would they be? Oh my goodness, I think I, you know, I think I've, <clears throat> I've said quite a bit of them um, already, but you know, I, I the reason I created this whole cleanse that I'm running right now is because of how many. Um, ill-conceived cleanses I thought, maybe well-intentioned, but ill-conceived cleanses I thought uh, uh, I saw out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so just this idea, uh, like stepping away from the restrictive, the struggle, the adversarial relationship, really turning our gaze towards an idea, maybe even if we're not open to it yet, but maybe just the possibility that eating could be divine, that eating could be joyful. It could be um, nourishment can happen with ease. It can be a sacred experience. I think we're really serious all the time sometimes, both about uh, eating and our diets and things like that and about like spirit, you know, I see this in like spiritual work and uh, it, in doing inner work and digging into our painful past and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. You know, we're meant to have fun. We're here to have fun. Joy is our natural state. We're these light beings on a grand adventure and we happen to be in these physical bodies. So like, let's have fun. Let's do things that bring us pleasure. I, I don't want to divorce from my physical body. Like I know that I'm an all expansive being, um, but I'm here on this earth at this time for a reason. And I'm going to live in my physical body. I'm going to ground into it. That doesn't you know, that means I'm exploring all sides of myself. But like I said, it's my chosen vehicle to house my soul at this time. It's what's on the journey. Let's be in it. Let's honor it. Um, it you know, I would say just a movement towards getting back in touch with our inner child, having more fun. Joy is our natural state. I don't and I don't think that's because one of my other pet peeves is like kind of the spiritual bypassing, too. And I don't. And so. I don't say that to like make light of anything or any trauma or anything that anyone is dealing with. Um, but I just think it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. Like spiritual, spiritual bypassing is just basically using spiritual uh, term pop. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's term popularized by Robert Augustus Masters and Lisa Rankin, who I both respect it's kind of like avoidance in holy drag. <laughs> it's this, like the drug is draped in spiritual terms. So rather than um, rather than the sugar being the addiction or the alcohol being the addiction, it's it's the it's this avoidance of of the feelings. 
So I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about pushing feelings down. I'm talking about feeling the feelings, being in the body, like feeling everything that we're here to, to feel, you know, whatever we think. What I don't think that anger, sadness is wrong. It's just part of the fullness of our experience. So we're going to have those, but we're also going to have joy. We're going to have love. We're going to have all of these things in our lives. And I just... I, I would love to see it more incorporated in um, in personal development, in spiritual mentoring, in things that happen in nutrition, in things that happen on a daily basis in our lives. Like these things, our lives are made up of these moments. Um, the little things really are the big things. You know what I mean? So let's have fun. Mm, I love that. It sounds like you've done a lot of work to to put a lot of content together. Um, it, there's a lot that you offer, Amanda. It's it's really awesome to hear your expertise in this subject matter. So, tell everyone Thanks. where they can go to find you online. Yeah, I'm very active on Facebook. Um, Heisman Health is my business name, so facebook.com backslash Heisman Health. And I run a free support group called Intuitive Eating for Energy. And you can find me in there. We do a lot of great um, just communing in that group. And of course, my website is HeismanHealth.com. That's where you can sign up for free mini readings, 20 minute reading, mini readings, or the top swaps sheet that we talked about. Awesome. That was great, Amanda. Thank you for coming on the show. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Slade. I really appreciate you. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app you use to access podcasts. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or concern you may have, so take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. You're probably really good at taking care of other people, which serves as evidence of your potential to practice self-care. How are you taking care of yourself? This is a reminder that your needs are equal to the needs of other people. Set some boundaries, carve out the time, and show up for yourself, just as you would for anyone else. And I'll talk to you later.